Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account and get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. We're going to talk a little bit about the current front runners for the Smythe Trophy today, but also a decent bit of Avs news to get to today as well as uh, the, a, a little bit all over the board on topics of news ranging from Kadri's potential suspension news, which hasn't come out yet, to the Avs signing new prospects, um, all the way all the way across to game times for for games five and six, which those are easy. Those are just going to be seven p.m. Mountain. No complications on that one. But that was uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> just get them out there. Get them at a decent time. We're not going to be up until the wee hours of the morning like 8.30 starts. Uh, maybe. Until the games before them inevitably push them back, but, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm mostly just thinking if oh, we'll games, just... game six is an elimination game. That's going to be no matter what. either way. So <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. That's either that's either going to be that's either going to be the sad pod like we had last year, or it's going to be a party pod. Yeah, or it's going to be um, just two uh, more elimination days of pod, or it's going to be a <laughs> It's going to be a let's prepare for our third straight year of game seven in the second round pod. Yep. Yep. Definitely <laughs> all options on the table there. Yeah. Those are, those are three very Distinct. different <laughs> pod experiences. Very different vibes. No doubt about that on all three of those. Um, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Where do we want to start, AJ? Do you want to start with uh, the new prospect, or do you want to start with some of these uh, roster conversations? Uh, let's let's move. A, let's let's go with the the, the new guy, real All quick right, here. Something a little different, yeah. So, a couple days ago now, the Avs signed Andreas Wingerly out of the SHL. He's been playing there for four seasons, I believe. Round about half a point per game player in that league. Uh, he's 23 years old, so the one thing the Avs did get out of this was a one-year ELC contract with the guy. Uh, AJ, I know you've been uh, informed on him a little bit, so what do you got for me? So before before we get into exactly like who he is, um, the big the big thing here uh, is that I do not think that this is comparable to their decision not to give Sasha Matal an ELC. I mean, I think it is, but that's okay. And I know you think that, so <laughs> I don't think that it is. I, this is a one-year trial. You give Sasha Mutala an ELC, he's there for three years, and then he is he's a very different kind of prospect. Sasha Mutala, this, this is the same kind of uh, opportunity that they gave to Logan O'Connor coming out of DU. This is, uh, this is a very different situation because it's a one-year deal he's already 23 he's gonna come over here he's gonna get a look in training camp and it's gonna be can this guy help the nhl club this year Uh, probably as a depth guy but maybe as a guy that they want to give preference to i don't know the answer to that one but it's it will be a he this is a this is a maybe this guy can help the fourth line okay and that's that is it. It is a one-year trial run. If things do not, if, if things do not go well, he can just as easily go back to Sweden. If he's not happy, if he doesn't get an NHL look, 
he could just go back to Sweden and say, look, I, I hear that. you. I get it. The one-year deal certainly gives the Avs more flexibility on that front. Absolutely. Yeah. Without getting into the whole draft conversation, because I don't want to go there today. I still think, look, every team has a limited amount of contract spots to offer. Mm-hmm. And it right now to me, it certainly seems like that spot was either Winger Lee or Mutala because pretty much the rest of the class got contracts as far as it's concerned for guys that needed to be signed as prospects this year. See, I would disagree. I think that their conversation, I, I think it came down to minor or Mutala. It came down to minor or Mutala because they wanted to sign Andreas Wingerly, though. They could have had both and not signed Wingerly. Is the point that I'm making? I think and they could have signed. They could have signed all three. Um, there's probably think, a reasonable universe where they could have done that. Yeah, they could have done that, and they could have just moved out. They could have just not given a contract to this year's Mike Vecchioni or Mika Salamaki. I, I mean. That's one hundred percent. You could pick an AHL veteran that they could have just not given a deal to, but yeah. Um, so I'm I I just I you and I disagree on that. There aren't very many times where we disagree on prospects. Especially. Yeah, we disagree, yeah. we disagree on on like like bigger picture stuff. Yeah. So I did think that it was a conversation worth having. Also, he signed like a week ago, and nobody said anything. Yeah, about it. we were it was, everybody was just like, huh. Okay, that <laughs> like, happened. Like, PR sent me the the text, and it was like, "We have signed Andreas Wingerly to a one year deal," and I was like, "Who the? F-? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, whatever. Who is that?" All right. Um, so and then yeah. I I was I'm I'm lucky enough that I had a number of Swedish uh people. AJ has Swedish informants chat. Yeah, he's apparently. got spies over there. All right. Uh, a couple, a couple of different uh, of our Swedish listeners reached out to me, and we're just like, "Hey, here's this guy. Uh, probably the most, probably the most thorough rundown uh, that I got. Just says he's fast. He's great at the PK, despite him being small, because he is five foot eight, at like hundred seventy uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, like he's a he's a little fella. <laughs> He's a little guy. <laughs> um, says maybe not that much poise, and I wouldn't say I'm super confident when he has the puck on his stick. Not a great shooter. Works hard uh, and can dominate a shift just skating circles in the offensive zone. Last two years, he's taken big steps and is now uh, a solid player uh, that they put in all situations. So, um, so. I've um, I had heard similar things, and I'm going to tell you the name that jumped to my mind immediately when I heard the conversation about this guy, Rocco Grimaldi. Oh, see, I thought it was more Matt Calvert. I I don't just just because I don't the the multiples of Swedes that that hit me up all stressed. Not a great offensive player. Well, neither and was Rocco Grimaldi at the NHL level at first. At first, but. <laughs> This is, I think this is like, we've seen them really prefer, we, they want, they want fast guys on their depth lines, especially like, and look how different their fourth line has looked without Logan O'Connor and without Matt. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that someone like Wingerly is taking that conversation somehow to even more of the extreme, right? 
It's it's hard to go much further in that direction than a five eight one seventy yeah. guy who who supposedly can absolutely fly. Yeah. So if he's if he's as fast as advertised, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a natural fit, and you can just kind of imagine, right? You just it put it in your head, dude. tiny little guy that's super fast on one side, Logan O'Connor super fast on the other side, and then I'm not, we're not gonna get too into this, but say Alex Newhook in the middle. I was gonna say, say I was gonna say Shane Powers <laughs> also works because you just put another great skater in the middle of them. Yeah, they I've just got, zip around the I've, ice like bees. Yep, totally. Yeah, exactly. And like little hive mind action, right? They just buzzing <laughs> around the ice all over the place. <laughs> and it's just like a fourth line where you're just like, God, this kid, this, this, these guys are so obnoxious. Yep, they're just on top of you at every waking moment. Yeah, yeah. and maybe they can do something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's where we're headed with Winger. This is a we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens with his uh, with with him in training camp. Yeah. We're gonna have a proper training camp next season. He's gonna get the look. There are always these these roster battles always exist in training camp. There's, There's always one guy that we don't project to make the opening night lineup that sneaks in there. It I just mean, always happens. That's one of those things, right? Where you get to training camp and there's a 50-50 shot that you see this guy on day one of training camp. And you're just like, he does not have it. And you move on with life. There are some guys but, like that, yeah. Where you're just like... <laughs> nope. Like, I don't... I Do not do you do you remember when uh, they gave a PTO to Jared Cowan? Yeah. And that was just like... Oh. And he just rolled in and it was like, oh my god, look. And it you felt awful for him. Yeah. Because obviously. the the knee and the, the his circumstances and stuff were, were tough for sure, but like he was like twenty four years old and he was he had been a top ten pick, and you could just see that the the knee and the hip injuries and all that stuff just it completely just, derailed him. Yep, it had just taken it had taken too much from him, and you could just see it. And it was just like nope. Uh, super chat it's from Pin done. King here. Do you think a full ball arena will give the Evs a boost? Well, as of right now, it is sure, not next round. for the rest of round two. Yeah, it's really it's it's legitimately bizarre to me that the Nuggets are opening up this round with a full arena and the Avs have to potentially I, play games five and seven with ten thousand people. I would be surprised if they didn't try to fill it for Game Seven, if it if Game Seven happens, just given is, the circumstance. I just want to say it is very weird that everybody about this series is just talking about it now as if the seventh game is just inevitable. It, look, man. Even even Jared Bender and his presser today goes, we have two of the next three at home. Yeah, I I talked to some people in the bar about this the other night, too. It, there's like there's something about hockey where teams just have to slay the demon sometimes, right? Like. Yeah, you talk about Washington and Pittsburgh in round two, year after year after year, they finally get over the hump. Um, you talk about uh, Tampa Bay having to come back the next year after getting swept by Columbus and beat them in five overtimes in game one. Yeah, it's it's some of the magic of sports that somehow, some way, the universe finds ways to those things keep happening. Yep, them them putting. Uh... Them putting, come on, 
them them putting uh, them being in a position to potentially have another seven game series in round two here is interesting. I mean, where it's just like, okay, well, if you exercise this demon, you know what awaits you on the other side. Yep, you're gonna get the winner of the North, which a nice juicy right now tracks to be Montreal. Yep, uh, and then and then you you know you'll see you will be favored in that series, but then you'll see. Yep. So. Um, all right. Yeah. I just do the ads even review game film? Like, do you really do you really think that that's not happening? Genuinely, I'm I'm honestly asking here. Do you really think that the games are being played and that they're not they're not looking at things? I I would just ask you and say what what are the issues that the ads have not addressed in the last three games? Because. Game two, game two, like we forget the start of game two was they they played really well on that first yeah, period. First period was great. They I think- were this close to putting that game away in the first period. Yep. Like they were and then it was a good it was a it was a hard fought battle the rest of that game. Like Vegas, Vegas paced play, they did their thing. They were much better in the second half of that game. Absolutely. They had still won that game. I I mean, I think even in game three, like people have liked to clump all of this awful play together. But you go back and look at the period two of game three, which the Az were awful in game three, but shots were nine to ten in the second period. It's not like it was the complete disaster of a period that the first period of game three was. Yeah. There's there are there are levels to to how bad it was. AJ and I were talking a little bit about game four before the pod where we were like, look, there were some horrifically bad moments in that hockey game, but there were parts of that game where the Avs were back to playing the style that you would expect from them. Yeah, whatever, like, the difference is that game three, they didn't show up. Game yep. four, they played poorly. Yep. You end up in the same place, but you got there in a different way. Sure. That's and when you when you look at when you look at the different uh when you look at like the different uh, 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 like the underlying numbers and the shot metrics and all that you think this is the same thing but it's very they were very much not the same thing there were legitimately a bunch of things uh i went back and watched it um i went back and watched a bit of it this afternoon there were things about there were there were things in about last night that you can you can absolutely take a number of positives away from, and you look at it and you're just saying, look, this is just execution. Yep, agree. You know they, you you had the first line, <laughs> a great example. The first line finally has a good shift in the third period, right? Yep. Now they they're, they're already zone time. They're already down. Um, Game's you know, essentially over. And yeah. you're already like, look, this is this is three one. This is not happening. Yeah. Um. It pro- probably is not happening, but like the top line finally goes out there. It has a good shift. It they they get into the zone. They cycle well. They set it up. They get a clear out up high to Devontae. He's got a shooting lane. Puck hops him right over a stick. Yep, just mishandles it at the blue line, and they're out of the zone. And it's like that's the that's the cleanest shift that these guys have had in in two and a half games. And it and it ends because the puck just. I mean, you pops want over to, the uh, stick, and it's want, like look, that was that. 
it, it was execution last night. Yeah. Way more, way more than anything else. They played like shit versus game three yeah. where they didn't. You know, Jared Bender, I thought, actually put it pretty well when he said, we showed up to the fight last night. Yeah. Like they actually put themselves in the ring last night. In game three, they didn't even give themselves a chance. Now, it's funny because they deserve to lose 5-1 in game three and 3-2 three, last night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> doesn't really matter that, how you got there. That's like, hockey, if you switch right? them, yeah. you don't really care. It's whatever. Yeah. You lost. But this is – they. There were, there were significantly more things. When I went back and rewatched it, uh, this afternoon, and I was a, for sure. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little calmer, and there were things that I could actually go through and look for. There were a lot of things that I was like, okay, they they were way more comfortable in this game than that score. The would, would entire suggest. second half of the first period, I thought was good. Um, start of the third period was start good. Of the third period was good. Um, it was just the one big breakdown, and then yeah, well, I mean that again. The game really ended in the last ten minutes of the second period, where they have to shit the bed, but. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We, we really, it's funny. You and I come up with our rundowns and we're like, we're not going to talk too much about <laughs> last night's game. Hard left. <laughs> Here we go. It's uh, what the at, people want. So I don't else. know if chat's talking about it. That's where we're going to be. That's why, that's why so. we started. Uh, that's why we started our, uh, our show with Andreas Wingerly. Yeah, exactly. To get it in there before we inevitably skipped. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, we do have to take our first period break. We're brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Y'all already know you can get it down at the DNVR bar, but you can also find it at a local liquor store near you. Use the Breck Beer Locator online. Don't think they've quite made it into Canada yet, but they are nationwide in the States. So check it out. Find it near you. Drink some. They are quite delicious. We're also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. When you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam from them, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So do it for that reason alone. But also we've had dozens of people switch and they've all said they are a great dentist. Treat them extremely well and take care of y'all. So jump on it. Give them a try today. I know I need to get my teeth checked. So I'll probably head over there pretty soon myself as Chad is celebrating the aisles. Uh, consider signing up for a DNVR membership as well right now. I know we had a handful of people sign up just the other day. Um, look, AJ and Evan do great written coverage. Cannot recommend them enough. Of course, you get all the other beats as well. But oh, man. last night, so I wrote my story last night about the top line struggling. Briefly mentioned Tyson Tyson Jost. <laughs> uh, just like that line. Because yeah, I was yeah. like, look, this line has scored three goals in the last three They're games. They're the only ones doing stuff in this and stretch. Yeah. The McKinnon line, the, the McKinnon line um, has, has scored two goals in the last three games. And I was like, you just can't have that. You're not going to beat Vegas with that being the case with the Tyson Joe's line. Out being your best line. Yeah. Line. Yeah. Like I was just like, that's, that's not a good reality. thing. Yeah. And one of our commenters has like a hard on for going after Tyson Joe's. Oh boy. And so he was like, I don't get it. Are you trying to say, are you complimenting Tyson Jost? And I was like, I was just using him for, a point of reference, like you could put, replace Tyson Jost with literally anyone not on the top line. And it, well, it was just like it was like that's like that trio has three goals. It, in, that just happens to be the line that's going. Like, like yeah. that's well, it's like Brandon Saad has two of those goals. Tyson Jost has one of the others. Val Nachushkin is a ghost. Yep, I could have just said those two guys <laughs> have three goals, and yep. 
and the Nathan McKinnon line has has two goals just in since the start of game two. And it's like, like I was just like, that's look, that's just a thing, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's that's what that's one of the things I really like about our commenting, like our small commenting community, is that everybody kind of has their own unique view on it. Yeah, and when I write something that elicits comments, I'm like, yeah, because sometimes I write stuff and there are no comments on stories, which just happens. But it's like that. Honestly, that's what I loved about the watch along the other night too. Is like, look, I disagreed with a lot of people in chat on a lot of things, but it's super cool to have a ongoing conversation like that, especially when the abs are collapsing, and it's like, oh. These people think it's Grubauer's fault. All oh, this people's blaming Patrick Nemeth. All oh, these guys are blaming the top line, and not always great to play the blame game. But it is very yeah. interesting to dive into those conversations and see why people believe X, Y, and Z is causing X problem. Well, it's like I, it's like what I, uh, I, I responded to you on Twitter last night. It's yeah, interesting yeah. because when things go well, everybody kind of gets to the same place. It's a lot of the same it's a lot it's very like everybody kind of feels ultimately within the same realm of each other about how it happened but when it comes when it comes to failure everybody views it totally differently yep they're all they you ask 25 different abs fans last night who who their top three biggest problems will last uh with with last night's game though those top threes are going to be all over answers, yeah. the board. Yep. People view people view view failure through so many different lenses, and it's just it's just interesting as like the dudes who receive all of that feedback yep. to to just be witness to. Yep, it, it's it's pretty cool. All right, get a little bit back on topic now. This will be a short conversation at the moment, but it certainly sounds like before puck drop tomorrow there will likely be a resolution to Kadri's second appeal yeah i was expecting it tonight yep we but we waited a bit but yeah you can only wait so long you don't know if it's gonna come (laughs) but we'll see the news on Kadri now that news at the end of the day may mean Kadri can play immediately or it may mean no difference so we'll have to wait and see. I'm just going to say if he, if they reduce it to six and that guy plays tomorrow, it's a huge, that is big, huge X factor in this series. But that, that is driven by my belief that we're going to see the absolute best of Nazem Kadri If we see him again this year. Yep. I, I've, I find it hard to to disagree. You know he's going to come back. And f- well, first of all, he's going to be completely healthy and have all of the yeah. gas left in the tank. So that part of his game is going to be there. He he might he might have like a little too much gas like yeah. early on, right? There's like, definitely a he takes a penalty the first five minutes of the game <laughs> vibes there a little bit. But like... Like he's not into the series at all, and then he rolls in, and like the first post whistle scrum, he just like sucks it right in the face, yeah. and you're just like, 
all right, well, let's kill let's kill this penalty, and then hopefully it's all good things from here. You you, you kind of accept that by dropping Kadri back in the lineup a little bit, maybe. Nice. Um, That's what happens when you eat Taco Bell, bro. <laughs> That's all that is, man. <laughs> sometimes we talked about it last night. Sometimes you reap what you sow, buddy. It's true. There's no you eat, denying you eat, it. You eat Taco Bell, you get the fire in the poop shoot. But I mean, obviously, we talked about it the other night. I think we've talked about it all series. Like you drop Kadri in on the second line, and just by default, it gets better, right? Like, yeah, Comfer has honestly been solid, but the reality is he's not a long-term answer to a second-line center. Yeah. So I think the look. Uh... I've actually liked what Connor or what Comfer has done. Um, yeah, like I said, I think he's been solid, but at the end of the day, that line isn't producing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've also seen Tyson Jost is just not look. He's taken a bunch of steps forward this year. It's been great, but the he's, little bit of the not lack of scoring ability has well, it's, its head again. They're getting shelled. Yeah. They're not even. They're not even competitive in five v five. Yeah, like they're just they're getting crushed trying to play up in a matchup that they just can't handle. So, that's that's rough. Um, but like you know, it's okay now yeah. you know. Yeah. For anybody that was feeling like, oh, the Avs don't need Nazem Kadri. Well, this was a good reminder. After game two, I sent out a tweet that I absolutely instantly regretted <laughs> with me being like, oh, Tyson Jones is totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, Kadri, that that absence has been really, really important. So we'll see how the appeal goes. We really, really, really wanted to wait tonight to see if we could get an answer before we went live on the show. Um, so, that, so that we could talk about something tangible instead of the what-ifs, but... You know, Nuggets playoff round two is also important. So. Yeah, well, and it's like, we don't even know if this is happening tonight. We're going to yeah, wait the it, whole time. It, and... For all we know, they could announce it tomorrow. So it could have been waiting for nothing. Um, either that or they'll announce it 35 seconds after we get off the show. So That's happened a few times. Keep your eyes posted. <laughs> um, all right. So... Let's let's keep moving on here. Um, look, we've talked about Bowen Byram a hundred times. I know you're tired of hearing us talk about it. So instead, our very own Evan Rowell asked Jared Bednar about it, and he had a little bit of an interesting answer. So check out this. Uh, before the series, you mentioned Bo Byram, someone you think could potentially help you in this series. Is he someone who potentially could get a look tomorrow to maybe shake things up on defense? Yeah, we're talking about a lot of uh, different options here and how how we're deploying our guys and, and what exactly they're doing for us in this series. And, and you know, we have guys that, that we need on the power play. We have guys we need on the penalty kill that have done a nice job for us. Our special teams have been pretty good throughout the whole playoffs here. And and uh, it's an important piece to it because that two minutes is is magnified, obviously, with an extra guy on the ice or, or down a guy on the ice. So you need the right players in those situations. Bo is a guy we're considering. There's no question. The, the, the concern with Bo is he hasn't 
he hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last year and a half and, and he hasn't played in three months and and to to go in against a team like Vegas is it's a tall task for a young player and, and so we'll we'll balance all that stuff and everyone's involved in the conversation our management our coaches even some of our leaders we're, we're talking to them and and uh, getting ideas and, and trying to sort it out and we'll dress the best lineup that we feel uh, can give us the best chance to win tomorrow night. That's, that's our focus. It's one game at home. So certainly an emphasis on special teams there. Uh, the conversation of he hasn't played a lot of hockey. Something that we have talked a yeah, lot about. About how if they wanted him to play games, they could have played him. But it's it, look, I think it's clear that the avalanche coaching coaching staff front office, whoever you want to call it has a significantly longer leash on Patrick Nemeth than both AJ and I do. And seemingly what most of the fan base does. The other question here, and I think maybe a little bit more based in reality of how Bowen Byram gets into a hockey game is can you consider sitting Connor Timmons? And that's a weird conversation, right? Because he's been a decent defenseman for them over this two game bad stretch in the sense that he hasn't made the hideous glaring mistakes. But has he really had that much of an impact on the game? I don't know. Uh, um, I mean, I don't think you can make the case that Connor Timmons has been great. I don't think you can either. You're, I also <laughs> don't think that you can make anywhere close to the case that he's been their worst. Yeah, I and so that makes it tough for me when you say, okay, well, they're going to bring Bowen Byram in, but it's going to come at the expense of Connor Timmons. Like, look, if it gets if it gets Byram in the lineup, it's fine. I, look, I, I agree. I, just, I think the Avs are better with him in the lineup over any of the not top three, to be honest. It's but. just so frustrating that it's like... There's a glaring, obvious swap so to make committed. here. You're so committed to this Patrick Nemeth thing, to this to this thing that clearly hasn't worked at very least in this series, if not to a larger like, extent. You can make the case, okay? You can you can easily make the case that there is a role, and it's an important role, and that he fills it, and that blah 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 blah. But when you watch the tape from all four of these games. And you say, okay, is he fulfilling that role? The answer is a hard no. Yep. Like, on paper, in theory, it it just makes sense. It's an easy thing to understand. But when you get four games into it, and he is actively hurting you, you just have to keep wondering what what are you looking for? What's the limit? What's the line here? What are you afraid of Bowen Byram doing? Well, because the thing that, that I think you would be afraid of him doing is 
he's going to be rusty. Okay, so what? He's going to go out there and he's going to turn the puck over? It's going to lead to a goal against? You're already getting Bro, mad. it's yeah. happening anyway. Um. Okay, so you lose a guy that you lose a guy off of your PK. Bro, he's taking the penalty. He's the one in the box. <laughs> it feels like a third of the time anyway, but So it's like realistically, it's like okay, what are you here? Like be honest about what the hell has happened on the ice. What my, are you losing and what are you potentially well, gaining? And that's my ultimate selling point on why it should be Nemeth to sit for Byram is Look at what the Colorado Avalanche have gotten out of Byram in the games that he's played for them. <clears throat> Quality defense. It's not like you're taking Tyson Berry and dropping him in for Patrick Nemeth and you're creating a completely different dynamic of the type of player you're putting into the lineup. You're dropping in Byram and you're asking him to play the same way he did during the regular season and get you quality defensive minutes that get pucks out of your own zone. That, and he had two points. Yep. He had two, and one of them came in his second game. Yep. He had two two assists in 19 games. You're not doing this to try and give your offense a jolt. You're doing you would be doing it because you're asking it. You're you're saying, okay, Connor Timmons has actually been fine in this series. We're gonna put him next to Bowen Byram. And I don't care about the experience and the rookie jitters and all the bullshit. You ride with your talent. I agree. I don't ice the I, best lineup you can. It is it, it would be legitimately unfathomable to me that Colorado's season could be over on Thursday night and they just rode with Patrick Nemeth to the end of the line. Yeah. That would be a mistake, would, certainly. Why would you do why would and, and look like let's I want I want to make sure that I emphasize this point. The series is not two two because of Patrick Nemeth. They no, did not lose two games. Because it's of not Patrick Nemeth's fault. He has got fifteen shots on goal. <laughs> Patrick 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 Nemeth is not their number one problem. But Patrick it's a Nemeth, problem. Not Patrick Nemeth is the easiest to fix yep. problem, and that's that's why we've spent the time that we have on it. Yep. Like it made sense at the deadline when they went and got him, especially for the price that they paid. We knew that they were going to get one more guy. We knew it was going to be a defensive guy. That they got a guy that could slide right in and and was comfortable with the system. It made it made on paper. It made a lot of sense. And in reality, it just has not worked that way. Yeah. I, look, it was a guy that meant the Avs don't have to play Dan Renouf every night. And you don't. <laughs> but right now, I don't know how much worth Dan Renouf would actually be. Genuinely. Like, what? How big of the difference between Dan Renuff and and Patrick Nemeth and Bowen Byram in terms of skating and puck ability Massive. is insane. Yep. And I just when when the number one thing that you're struggling with is breaking pucks out of your breaking pucks out of your defensive zone, getting pucks up the ice. Well, and where have the Evs had success breaking the puck out the most using their feet? Yeah. And what does Bone Byram do? He uses his feet to break pucks out. And it's <laughs> like, look, you worry about him with the physicality because he hasn't played in three months and he's going to drop into a game five of the second round of the postseason. Okay. But look, he knocks the rust off. You get away with it. You, I mean, this is why they should have played him a round ago. But yep. that's done. That's done now. It doesn't matter. But it's... It 
you play Bowen Byram, you you play Bowen, you play Bowen Byram tomorrow. If you survive Vegas, he's in the lineup for you in the next round. Mm-hmm. And now you're just getting a guy who's only going to get better. Yep. And look, if, if I would have, I would be fine with this too. At this point, if you if your biggest thing is we're afraid of Bowen Byram not playing, having not played, go the Habsies route and play Jacob McDonald. Because Jacob McDonald at 12 minutes is going to at least give you, again, the thing that he does that Patrick Nemeth doesn't Yeah, is move pucks, is drive offense, is get out, and is to stress opposing defenses, is to push the pace. Now, McDonald is scarier because he has all kinds of other problems that he brings with him. He's a freaking chaos machine. Pinch master. (laughs) <laughs> All right, he is. It's it's like it's like going and buying a two month old puppy. It's just <laughs> it is an unpredictable chaos monster. You don't know. You're you trying. You they've spent all year trying to train him, and he's sometimes he still pees on the floor. Got it. Yeah, I mean he's still he's still just an unpredictable little psycho. <laughs> but the thing that he does is he drives he drives the puck out of his zone. That's what that's how it goes. That's what he does well. And right now, that's limiting the amount of time that Vegas is spending because it goes hand in hand. They're not they're not playing much in the offensive zone because they're spending all of their shift defending. And then when they get out and they finally break it out, they get to center ice. They got to dump and change. And then you just repeat the cycle over and over. They spend their whole time defending. Yep. So it's it's it, for me. I just what do you have to lose as the Evs? Like okay, if Bowen Byron goes out there and is totally shell shocked, which would be not unreasonable uh, for me. I think it would be it would be a stunning thing for it for it to happen. This is a guy with big game experience his whole life. Now, I understand the Stanley Cup playoffs is different, but this is a guy with big game international experience. This is a guy who was the only reason, well, I will say this is the main reason that the Vancouver Giants came within an overtime of the Memorial yeah, Cup. No doubt about that. Like, this guy, the guy is, he has played in as many big games as he possibly can up to this point in his career. Just you you know that he's gonna be on the team next year, probably taking Patrick Nemeth's spot. You know that that's a there's a good chance that that happens. You know, if and and I, I said this last night, look, if Eric Johnson were healthy, there wouldn't be any conversations about well, how rusty is he? Yep. You just drop in, you ride with your talent. You would drop in Eric Johnson for a reason, right? Because he's better than Patrick Nemeth. So is Bowen Byram. So what are we doing here? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I Look, I'm on board. They should play Bowen Byram, but we don't make those decisions. So and listening to listening to Bedner, he just tap danced around it. It was a very dodge the question type of it. It was a very yeah. like, look, we're considering it. We're intrigued by the idea, but we have a very obvious fear here. And our special teams have been good, and we're afraid if we take Patrick Nemeth out that our PK is going to fall apart. What? 
Uh, no offense, but look, Nolan Pratt is going to get head coach looks in the next year or two, maybe yeah. even this offseason. But if the PK falls apart because it loses Patrick Nemeth and gains Bowen Byram, guy's probably not that great of a coach anyway. This is also a penalty kill that in this series is two for 11, which is decent. But if you remove game one, which was out of reach for Vegas fairly quickly, it's two for nine. So it's not like this PK is completely shutting down Vegas over these last three games. It's not like it's been so good that you can't touch it. Yeah. And again, the smallest of sample sizes, but in what we do have from Bowen Byram on the PK, it's really good. Right. So, yeah, I just, I don't understand why not at least try it. I'm, when you say, what do you have to lose? The answer is the game. And it's like, you've lost two of those anyway. Yep. And, and again, not the biggest it's, factor, not, not the primary driving reason. But uh, is that not but, another, another reason? Cause I think you can flip that on its head because if Nathan McKinnon and the top line show up, does it matter whether it's Bowen Byam or Patrick Nemeth? Because that top line is capable of winning that game regardless. I think, I think, Every little paper cut counts. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think they should play the better player. But <laughs> if the top line starts doing what they need to do, if the Avalanche start playing a better game, shouldn't it only get easier to put Byram in? Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm with it. Look, the Avs have clearly stood pat with Nemeth so far. So the new the new hook thing isn't that guys, makes almost no difference to be honest. Yeah, guys, that like I would I would look I am I would put new hook in for Soderberg. I would do that. Yes, so would I. But but that's the, a the reality is. Let me actually see. I would not be this whole like oh give give new hook time at center and do this and that. You're Look, asking for a really, really big problem. Last night, Carl Soderberg played seven minutes. If you put in New Hook, he's going to play seven minutes. Yeah. Could it be better? Sure. Is a player playing seven minutes likely to have a significant impact on the game? No. And to be clear, when we're saying put Byram in for Nemeth, we're not saying put him in and play him for eight minutes. We're saying he put could, him in and play him for real. He could, well, and he could, you can give. Byram, the exact thing that they gave New uh, Nemeth last night. Yep, twelve minutes at even strength and a little bit of special teams time if you need it. Yep, and that'd maybe be if, you, if you if not special teams, maybe fourteen at, at even strength. You don't have to give him a huge role. You don't have to. It's but you okay. Have to give him some kind of role. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't put him in there and then be like, all right, eight minutes. We're essentially uh, running five D. <laughs> Um, yeah. that, I would have a problem with that one. 
any case, we do need to take our second period break as we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, you can sign up with code DNVR, top-rated sportsbook app in the country, by the way. They are doing a bunch of promotions, as always, with their odds boost, which they have every single day. But for new users, you can jump on and get the $1 for $100 bet. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins their next game, you win $100 in site credit. It's an easy way to get yourself a bunch of money to bet with and just go ham on DraftKings. So, Again, use code DNVR, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use that promo code to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Any basketball game. If you don't like the Nuggets, that's fine. Bet against them. If you like the Nuggets, great. Bet on them. Get yourself 100 bucks with the DNVR promo code on a new accounts only. Must be 21 or older Colorado-only wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. You can get 25% off at StravaCraftCoffee.com if it's your first order using code DNVR25, and you can get 20% off for life when you sign up for their subscription service. So get your good deals with them, and you can always try it cold brew down at the DNVR bar as well. If you want to try before you buy, we got you covered on that front. It's great for many different aches and pains. I probably need to get some. My back's been bugging me. Could probably help me with that, so should probably jump on it myself, honestly. And... Brought to you by Solace Meds. There are four different locations here in Colorado, as well as a couple down in Oklahoma. So if you want, I guess Oklahoma's below Colorado, right? Yeah. Okay. Down is correct. Uh, Solace Meds is a great place to pick up all of what you need. There's one just a few blocks on East Colfax away from the DNVR bar. So check that out. You can get a bunch of awesome deals ranging anywhere from 15 to 25% off on select products. And if you check out online for pickup, you can also use code DNVR20 to get 20% off and get a free Solace bar or King Cone as well. So they got deals out the wazoo here. Check out solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com, where you can purchase from there and pick up at your convenience easy quick in and out get what you want all right third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook our topic of the day which we have not gotten to 45 minutes into the into the podcast but i think we've had some interesting conversations specifically and look i get it i get you have to move on in the playoffs but in a Schrodinger's playoffs box right now where everyone has moved on and no one has moved on. Who are your front runners for the Conn Smythe right now? Is Nathan McKinnon still in that conversation despite the three games that we've seen? Uh, I mean, if, if right now, if you were talking about the avalanche awarding a Conn Smythe, it would be to Grubauer. I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, if you're looking at Tampa Bay, Nikita Kucherov has 17 points in 10 games. He's been going hard. Like, that's crazy. Yep. Imagine that. But all of Tampa Bay's guys are leading the league in scoring, leading the postseason in scoring, except for two abs players hanging around. I guess all three of the top line are hanging around. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon does lead the league in playoff goals, though. For now. For now. It's been a while. He got a little fat in that first series. Definitely. Hat trick doesn't hurt. Yeah. But he's still up there. 
the other the other main one for me, uh, Carey Price, a nine thirty eight save percentage up there yeah. in Montreal. I would definitely from Montreal. I would definitely say it's Carey Price. Okay. Uh, from Boston, I would say it's probably Brad Marchand right now. He's just been he's been too good. He's been so clutch for them. Yep. Too many too many important important goals that they that he scored. Again, they're all important, but like when you're the guy that's scoring the game tying goals and the game winning goals, it's like it's pretty pretty memorable stuff. So who you got from your aisles? You going with like JGP or Varley or what? That one's tough because yeah. it's just such a team effort. It, exactly, like, yeah. You know, just based on how the game has gone tonight, it would be whoever those officials are. <laughs> um, yeah, whoever's calling that game. Um, <laughs> no, nothing on Kadri yet. Um, yeah, from the aisles, I really don't know. It, it couldn't be Varley because Sorokin's also been really good and they kind of have rotated them. Like Pajot leads them in scoring, but with three goals. <laughs> yeah, like it's again, that's a that would be that would be one where you need another you need another round or two to see which guy really starts to separate. Yeah. Like, like like Matt Barzell had a really slow start and now he started to catch fire. And it's like, look, if they if they finish out the series against Boston. If they beat Boston and they get in against Tampa Bay again, uh, well, first of all, it's not going to go well. But uh, Barzell has to be their guy. Yeah. He has to be their guy. Is is there any thought to giving it to a defenseman? Hedman with 11 points, McCarr with 9, McAvoy 8? Um, no. Okay. I didn't think so, but not had, to, had to check. Like Makar, I think Makar could be. There's a universe where he plays his way into it. Sure, yeah, but that would he would need another round, and he would need to be like the game one Makar, and really, and consistently the game one Makar, yeah, or at least certainly a lot closer to it. Yeah, so I don't disagree on. I I don't think a defense has an option. I was a little surprised to see how good Price's numbers were. Yeah, I, I knew he was good, but it's funny because people have been, oh, it's it's 1993 all over again. <laughs> Calm it down a little bit. <laughs> let's wait and see. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens when they go up against a team from the west, from first. the not north. Yeah, yeah, and then you can really maybe, have that conversation. Yeah, maybe maybe he shuts it down. You know, if it ends up being Vegas, Vegas's infamous ability to score goals going against Carey Price. Yeah. You can absolutely picture a world where Montreal steals that series in seven games, right? Like what about Vegas? Who who would be their their front runner right now? Can't be Flurry the way I, he played this series, can it? I think it, I think it has to be Flurry. Even the way he's looked in this series? Yeah. Well, because again, they don't have a they don't have a really dominant offensive guy. They've they've gotten different offensive contributions in both series so far, but Flurry was the man in round one. And then the one time that they were like, hey, we're gonna try and go to Leonard here. It was a disaster, sure. It went very, very poorly, and he hasn't been seen since. Very Ben Bishop like, by the way, from 
last year. You remember yeah. Ben Bishop was like a ghost. Played one game and got blasted. Started the back <laughs> of the back to back. The Avs ran him and then never saw him again. Yep. Still haven't seen him. <laughs> Broke that dude. Um, but I, I think for right now it would be Flurry. Uh, you know, even in this series, you look at you look at the three games that he's played. He's only given up the three goals. It's been three, two, and one. He posted so, nine hundred and below save percentages in two yeah, of those games. But I understand. I understand. But like, if it was just based on this series, it'd be March or so. But they had a seven game series against Minnesota, where Mark Andre Fleury was probably the biggest reason why they got out of that series. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, in a couple of games, three at most, either the Avs or Vegas won't have a Conn Smythe candidate. So. Yeah, we're getting there. We'll find out in the coming days. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we're, we've gone a little long already here, so AJ. So any any final thoughts you wanna you wanna add? Did I miss something? Probably. Is there anything? Is there anything else that we we're gonna talk about today? I want to say we got to it all, but I don't know for sure. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> no, I think I think we mostly touched on everything. We were really hoping that the cadre thing. Was yeah, we try to try to get to like puck drop because. You know, they, their last couple of announcements have come like mid game. Yeah. Because the NHL likes to be a little sneaky like that. But yeah. Who's more broken, Bishop or Goudreau? Well, they're broken in different ways. Also, Goudreau kind of figured it out this year in the regular season, at least. He was okay. He had a solid season. Yeah. And not but, like pushing 100 point pace, but he's doing fine. Yeah, but like Ben Bishop's like physically broken. Yeah, actually injured. <laughs> yeah. And has been repeatedly over his career. So, um, yeah. I'm All actually right. really curious what Dallas does with him in the offseason. They, I mean, with the expansion draft and flat cap, and it's really, they're in a really weird spot. Between like, him and Kudobin, yeah. I will I will say this. Uh I'm really hoping that the season doesn't end this week. Yeah, me too. I'm really, 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 really hoping for that. Uh that that we get to continue talking about this team in another playoff round. But with the expansion draft and with so many decisions, I think some months to prepare for that would be we're okay. Going, we're going <laughs> yeah. to have a lot of like like content. Yeah. Like interesting conversations about this offseason between Calgary potentially blowing it up, Seth Jones's availability, Jack Eichel's availability. Yeah, there's a lot of stories. Like, there's going to, you know... That we're hoping we get to cram into five days. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it does end up being a month, it'll it's still just, be super interesting. Yeah, It's just going to be... like It's setting up to be a really fascinating offseason, and I'm very curious to just how it kind of comes about, but... I um, I really hope that we don't have to start talking about it next week. Yeah. I, on the plus side, if it does happen, we get to go to our boss's wedding. So we have that going for us. <laughs> it's that's such a funny, like, thing that's happening this month. But yeah. it's like, it's we've got 12 days until that wedding. Yep. And right now, 
every member of the company is a has hard no idea. <laughs> <laughs> The only guys who are like, yeah, we're totally going are like the Rockies and Broncos guys. Everybody, yep. The rest of us are just like producers, Avs Nuggets, everybody is just like we'll Love see. to be there, but Yeah. <laughs> Alright, chat. Appreciate y'all hanging out. We're going to get out of here for the day, so keep your eyes posted for Kadri News as soon as we end this thing. Uh, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. That does a ton for us. We really appreciate it when y'all do that. Helps us out a lot. St- uh, you know, I, it'll be a while, but my goal has always been to get a YouTube play button. And today I'm closer than I've ever been, even if it's still like 88,000 subs that we need. But, you know, we love you all. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow post game. Uh, y'all seem to like it, so I'll probably do another watch along for game five. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you then and have a good rest of your Monday. Uh, uh, I was totally prepared. <laughs> <laughs>